Good evening, everybody. It's beautiful Sunday in the land of 10,000 lakes. Mark here. I'm here with Will Goble. And we're both positioning ourselves so we can watch the Vikings game. If you are listening to the Four Outdoorsman radio show, you are hardcore, man. There's a lot going on tonight. Vikes are playing right now. They just got the ball back. Can I... I don't know, Garrett, can I do a play-by-play, or is that like against the rules or something? Uh, the NFL owns this broadcast. You mean the big football match? <laughs> big foot, yes. Yeah. The the game, the sports game that's on. I always, When I was in uh, radio, I loved we'd always do football promos, but we couldn't say the SB. Superb Owl. Yeah, so we had to come up with all these stupid names for the, the big game. The championship game. Yeah, the championship game, and it was just so stupid because everyone knows what you're talking about. It's like, really? It's stupid. Anyway, welcome everybody. It's we are, Will, we are in prime time. It is fishing mecca. It is hunting mecca. It is everything mecca. It's the fall's finest time is here. Yep. <laughs> I know. Oh. There's sports going on. I wish I had, you know, three lives I could live at once right now. Right. Like I've been telling you all, all afternoon, I've been pretty busy this weekend myself. Yeah, so. it's unreal. So everyone, I brought in good friend Will Goble. He's been a friend of the show for a long time and a friend of mine. He's taken me fishing on on the, on the St. Croix before. And the reason I brought Will is because he's a young man that's actually out there doing it all the time. Like, like I wish I could more than I can. So this weekend you told me you bow hunted yep. successfully. Thur- Thursday evening, I, I shot a nice doe. <laughs> um, and then uh, Friday, I went out and did some fishing on the St. Croix and just hammered the uh, sturgeon and catfish. Uh, Saturday morning, woke up bright and early, got out duck hunting and shot 12 ducks with my buddy, <laughs> Eric that morning, Saturday evening, we had the, uh, sturgeon excursion that we'll be talking about yeah. here in a little bit. So we fished all night with the veterans, got in at 2 AM this morning, went back out deer hunting, moved to deer stand, took a nap this afternoon. And now here I am, man, I'm, I'm at the age of, you're a young man, you're in your early twenties. And uh, I'm at the age where one of those things would wipe me out for the weekend. Like if I got up once at four in the morning to, to duck hunt, I'd be like, that's my activity for the weekend. I'm proud of myself for just being able to wake up each and every morning so far. <laughs> it's uh, It's been a rough weekend with little sleep. So, <laughs> but uh, it's been a successful weekend and been having a lot of fun. So. Uh, that is awesome. And we're, we can, uh, get into a little bit more of that. We're going to call Strew here pretty soon. Um, he's on a bus in, um, New Mexico and he's got an interesting story to to or tell. He also, um, was in Florida fishing last week. So he's left me here by my lonesome two weeks in a row. So thank you so much, Will. Uh, we're going to be calling him in a little bit, but I want to dive into some of these things you've been doing. So you shot a doe yep. locally. Thurs- Pretty much. Yep. Thursday afternoon after work, right, uh, right near my house. So, do you gun hunt at all, or do you are you all bow man? No, I I gun hunt too. I I'll gun hunt uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. This so, how year. many deer you would you ideally bag in a year? I try to keep it at two. Now yeah. that that gives one to the Lions Club. Yeah. And one to myself. So. So the game the game dinner you donate to, which I eat every year. I've been going to that thing for ten straight years. Yep. It, yeah. And good meat every year yep. <laughs> they they're getting a, a good dough uh so far so so do you have to butcher it for them or what like nope no actually uh so i have before but this time i dropped it off to dan the deer man up in uh, columbus he's uh he's you the got guy. a guy yep he's the guy to take it to so 
Well, well, I gotta. I'm very near Columbus, so I gotta know that. How how much does it cost? Uh, Dan, I believe is 140 dollars to butcher it. Um, okay. So, uh, do you have to pay extra for to grind hamburger? He will. He does. He makes his own sausage. He makes you know burger. He'll cut it into steaks. He'll do everything for you. So. Yeah, uh, so I got I got burned before where it's like okay 150 bucks and then it's like okay you have to pay X amount of pound just to grind it so it was like an, they tacked on another whatever so oh yeah it's usually another what two dollars to three dollars yeah. per pound for sausage and stuff is he so. ridiculously busy the whole oh yeah yeah okay so but he I, can get it done in a reasonable amount of time yeah he, well he was actually just telling me when I dropped it off on Thursday that his record amount of deer is they've done 82 deer in one day that's incredible. 82 deer in one day that's about he said that's about 10 hours worth of work i bet <laughs> that's crazy so you successfully shot a doe that i'll be eating soon yep and then you went duck hunting and had success tell me uh there's scattered reports um like steve carney said he can't see a duck but you had awesome success yep what are you doing differently than all these other chumps well we uh we got set up on a local lake and i mean we we just knew that there's yeah. been a lot of teal work in that yeah. lake and then there's a lot of local mallards too yeah. so um we ended up getting i think it was nine teal one mallard and uh two ringnecks so it's kind of nice to see those divers start to work down um and i'm hearing more and more reports of uh divers pushing down some northern birds starting yep. to trickle down so you uh what does your spread look like for decoys depends on the day we were feeling lazy so we put out see i hate that answer right <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like no one's ever got the right answer no there there really isn't the right answer some days you know i'll put some days i'll put out the full arsenal of you know 10 dozen decoys yeah and uh actually on saturday i think we maybe put out 18 okay and uh with Two mojos. We were using two. 18 total decoys? Yep. Okay. Yep. With the mojos? Yep. What, I mean, what, are they mallards? Are they, what are they? Uh, mallards, divers? wood ducks. And uh, I got to throw it out to Eric. He had his lucky pintail decoys in there. Is so. that the secret? Yeah. Uh, well, everybody's got a few lucky decoys in their, <laughs> in their bag. Whether they work or not, that's another thing. So. <laughs> Most of mine are hand-me-down, the weights are missing, and they're tangled like nobody's business. Sounds familiar. Yeah, every yep. time every time I go out, I spend most of the morning untangling them. Yep. So yep. I'd like to think ahead a little bit, but I just don't do it. No. So, uh, yeah, so that's awesome. I, and you go locally, too. Yep. It's not like you're driving to North Dakota for this. No, I will be here in two weeks, though. Two weeks, I'll be heading out to North Dakota, so... You are an outdoors man extraordinaire. <laughs> I try. It's so that's so awesome. So we're talking bow hunting. We're talking fishing in a little bit. We're talking ducks. It's 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 the prime time, man. Is there any better time of the year? No, no, not in my opinion. If I can have a shotgun in my hand in the morning and a fishing <laughs> rod in my hand in the afternoon, I'm a happy guy. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think we have. Do we have Sharon yet? Or are we waiting a little bit? Garrett, dead air. One second. Yep. Oh, we're calling him? Oh, we got him? Strewman, are you on the line, buddy? I'm on the line. I am here. Can, can you hear me? I, I can hear you. Are you in the bus toilet or something? Say it again? Are you in the bus toilet, or where are you calling us from? I'm, a, I'm in a bus. I'm not a, no, not a bus not a bus toilet like I was last time we spoke, but I'm on a bus on the back row bothering people who are want, listening to the Minnesota Vikings game. So uh, 
I'm interrupting my friends here on the bus for you guys. Well, well, I appreciate it. I, you know, we haven't heard from you in so long. We just wanted to get a report, talk a little about what you're doing in uh, New Mexico, I think, and and tell us a little bit about Florida. You were in Florida catching well, fish. Well, Florida was a great trip. I went to visit some friends of ours, Diane and I, and we golfed one round. And and the, I tell you what, these guys are younger than Diane and I uh, by five, ten years, whatever. They party a lot harder than we do, and it's. Uh, I'm telling you, we were in bed by ten o'clock every night, and they're in bed at one thirty-two and having to get out. You got to be kidding me! I can't do this anymore. And uh, but, but we had a great time. We we the one day we went fishing. We went fishing for, uh, uh, let's say, trigger fish, and what else we caught? We caught uh, vermilion snapper, but nothing big. But it was a cool, cool experience. But I tell you, when you go out there, there's like 25 people on our boat, and you got, I suppose, five ounce weights going down there, mm-hmm. 90 feet of water. We caught, ah, oh, we caught probably maybe 10 trigger, uh, not trigger fish, but vermilion snapper, and nothing over a uh, couple of pounds, whatever, maybe three pounds. But it was a lot of fun, and it was. But I was not. I was one of the few people who didn't throw up. You should have seen. <laughs> so, so I'm telling you, it's like fishing with Wilba in uh, on the St. Croix River, man. This guy's nuts. But it was the waves were four. The waves were four or five feet the entire day. Really? And I'm proud of my wife Diana because she didn't. Uh, she was. She held on really, really well, and we 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 caught fish. Had a great time. Uh, unfortunately, I forgot the uh, vermilion snapper in the freezer in Destin, Florida. So uh, so someone's going to enjoy those. It's but a it surprise a for the maid? The maid's going to have a nice yeah, meal? Oh, yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, even though, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Destin? Uh, the weather was, I tell you what, Destin, Florida is really a nice place. We've been to Dominican, Jamaica, Playa del Carmen, a bunch of places. I've never seen better beaches, honest to God, than Destin, Florida. Really? It was phenomenal. And it's that sugar sand that's not really hot on your feet, you know? Right. Beautiful. Stunningly beautiful. We spent one full day out there bumming around and uh, ate well and had a great time. So now I'm, we came home on Wednesday night, I think it was. I was going to work the Twins on Thursday, but didn't have to because they won two in a row. And now I'm, uh, now we lift Friday morning to hop on a bus to go to um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. So looking forward to that. Now, you mentioned you had a little bit of a bus problem. Are you moving now? Yeah, we're moving now, but I'll tell you what, we're scrambling. It's about uh, 6.15 here, right? 5.15 here. 6.15 where you guys are. And this Hot Air Balloon Festival is something I've always wanted to do. And we said, screw it, let's just go. I've talked to many people who have been down here and said it's a phenomenal experience. It starts at 5.30. That's when the skydivers come down with the flags, all that kind of crap. And then they blow up their balloons, and you have a dinner and all the kind of, and then at 6 or 6.30, the uh, the big all the balloons take off, and then at 7, they have, I think it's called Moon Glow, where all the balloons up in the air light up something, and it's going to be like like the lightning bugs all over the air. There's, there's, there's 160, no, there's 560 balloons. Wow. There's over 500. Wow. And I don't know how big this landing is. They're all going to take off at the same time, and so um, it's we are on the road right now. We are about 20 miles away from there, which means we're going to have to scramble to see the whole deal. So 
Yeah, there was a there was an accident or something. We were on the we were blocked for two hours on the freeway, two full hours. Yikes! Not an exaggeration. Yikes! So you hate to come all the way down. I feel bad for the people who put this tour on. Right? They can't control that crap, <laughs> you know. And, and all of a sudden, all these old, all these old, old, old Careful. people Careful. like me, you know. <laughs> I, I, Careful. I <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of curmudgeons on this boat. And I'm not one of them. Awesome. Well, you have yourself a wonderful time. Thank you. Thank you for checking in with us. I just uh, I miss you, buddy. I haven't seen you in weeks, so I can't wait for yeah. you to get your butt back here to Minnesota, so we can go hang out with Will. He's gonna he's gonna let us catch fish on the St. Croix with him again. He's been saying that for the last six months now. Hey, fi- right? fish, fishing's hot, and you guys got to get out while while the getting's good. <laughs> I still have my Mark, boat. Would you? Because I want to see. All right, love you, buddies. All right, we'll talk later. We'll Thanks, see you, Drew. Strew. Well, have that, a great show. Well, the, thank you, Strew man, for calling in. Uh, Will is a river rat, and we're going to talk about um, his event on Saturday. But I want to talk some other issues um, on the river. Will, what what do you like about river fishing so much? What? How come you're always on the river catching? Flatheads and and sturgeon. I love it because a you never know what you're gonna catch. Yeah, you you know you can drop a line down with some shad on it, and you can pull up anything from a walleye to a pike to a catfish or a sturgeon. So uh, that that part's pretty cool. And the other part is nothing fights mm-hmm. like a flathead or a big sturgeon. Right. And freshwater. Right. Speaking. No, it's when you can when you can have a a, a fish pull a twenty three foot pontoon sideways. It's <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So that uh, that happened last night a couple times actually. That's awesome. So we're we're talking in the outdoor news here about some some sturgeon fishermen that got busted down in it was pool nine was it? Yep, yep, down by La Crescent. And uh, that's frustrating for anyone, even if you're not a sturgeon fisherman, to see something like that. I don't know if you saw it in the outdoor news, listeners, but uh, it said after two years surveillance, a sturgeon case was made, and we we had some problems with this whole situation, right? Yeah. Yep. First of all, I mean, thanks to the DNR for busting these guys. First of all, we got we got to give props to props too. But they surveyed him for two years over two years of surveillance surveillance and watched him catch 90 fish or something oh well it was 89 fish in one day the article said where they were where they were catching them cutting yep. them open harvesting their yep. eggs and then tossing the carcasses back in the river now wouldn't you have a case after about five fish you would think so <laughs> you would think so i mean that's a blatant wanton yeah. waste right there if you if you ask me yeah it's like okay i'm gonna watch these robbers rob 15 banks and, and then i'll come in and bust them <laughs> yeah yeah let's make sure everybody knows about it and yeah. yeah so when they were traveling too so it's obviously some sort of commercial operation they didn't charge him with that because they said it was it would be too hard to prove that or whatever not enough evidence yeah but when you see the punishments dished out i think that's another frustration with this kind of thing it's like they basically got a two thousand dollar fine which is a lot of money but yep um lost their license hunting and fishing licenses for 10 years yeah but like we had said you know is is that really gonna stop someone yeah if you're a lawbreaker are you gonna stop yeah exactly because you don't have a piece of paper yeah Probably not. So yeah, it's it's frustrating, especially for a guy like you. I bet that 
you know, you work hard to, to catch a sturgeon, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and to have someone just depleting the entire supply. Yep. And guys like me, you know, we take we take it to the utmost responsibility to yeah. handle these fish with care because they're right. prehistoric fish. They're, you know, they're a lot older than you and I. Yep. And we'd we'd like to keep them around for a lot longer. Yeah, and that's so frustrating. There's so many guys like you taking all the precautions to keep them safe, and then people are catching them, slitting their stomachs open, and tossing them. Yep. Oh. Yep. Oh. Would you Would you ever eat a sturgeon? I would. I w- I would be open to try it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um. It's dark, dirty looking meat. Like I, I've seen like a steak because you smoke them. Yep. Right? I've heard them. they're very oily, very greasy, yeah. and, and smoked is is good. But uh, I don't know, man. It's it's something I you know I would I would want to try, but mm-hmm. uh, it's not something I could see myself going out and harvesting them every year. Usually, when someone says you have to smoke it, that means it's not a very good tasting fish. Greasy. Yep. <laughs> you know, usually you're greasy. Like, oh, those carp, they're great smoked. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've heard that before. When you yep. have to smoke or pickle wild game in any fashion, <laughs> you're like, okay, so that means it doesn't taste very good. It's like geese and turn you know turn them into jerky. Yeah, yeah. I actually do, I like geese actually even. Marinated and fried on a grill. I really like uh, I like geese. All right, I uh, ducks. I, eh. Yeah, I I rather eat a goose than a duck. I think almost. I'm the, I'm actually the other way around. I would rather eat ducks than I would geese. But I did get a bag a big bag of goose jerky from some geese we got last weekend today, and it's I I will say it's pretty pretty dang good. My buddy Eric uh, or Eric does goose pastrami. Oh, which is really good. They had a they had a recipe for that in the outdoor news a couple of weeks ago, but you got to try that sometime. All right, I guess you slice it thin and put it on a sandwich. It's awesome. Oh, that sounds pretty good. So yeah, as we're gonna continue this conversation next with Trevor Slivka, we're gonna talk more river fishing on the Four Outdoors. Missed part of Bob Outdoors? No problem. Just click on the Weekend tab at MyBobCountry.com to listen back to The Four Outdoorsmen anytime. It is no secret how The Four Outdoorsmen feel about Devil's Lake, North Dakota. There's so much to do for the entire family, whether or not you hunt or fish. Steve Carney as well, one of the most successful and respected guides in the Midwest. Well, he's hooked on Devil's Lake. After his most recent guiding trip there, Steve said, quote, Hey, Devil's Lake just might be the best fishery I've ever been on. I've got myself a walleye hangover. I think that's a pretty good thing. Hey, plan your next trip at devilslakend.com. Dezeal Heating and AC has let the dogs out. For a limited time, buy two, get one free. That's right, buy a furnace and AC and get a free water heater. If your water heater is getting up there in age, there's a good chance it's the same age as your heating and cooling system. Save on monthly utility bills with new efficient equipment that comes with a free industry-leading warranty and may qualify for additional rebates. For details, call Dezeal's Comfort Consultants or go to DezealHVAC.com. Hey, we all know Ely is home to some of the best fishing in all of Minnesota, and we brag that Arrowhead Outdoors is also the best bait and tackle shop in the entire area, and it is. For the second year in a row, Arrowhead Outdoors has been voted the very best fishing outfitter in the entire state, according to the readers of the Minneapolis Star and Tribune. That's a big deal. The best, not second, not third, the best. Hey, next time you're in Ely, stop by Arrowhead Outdoors and congratulate Chris and Steve and find out what makes Arrowhead Outdoors truly number one. And thank you. Clam out. 
Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by clam outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, clam pro tackle, frost ice line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at clamoutdoors.com. Power Lodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can-Am, you're able to test drive them all in a head-to-head -head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible on four wheels. Power Lodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off-road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and more. Right now at DealsOnRadio.com, you can get a large one-topping pizza from Papa John's in Stillwater for only $6.99. That's DealsOnRadio.com. Deals on Radio. Deals on Radio. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. It's Neil here for Zero Res. You know what it is? It's football season. And before you invite everyone over to watch the big game, you better call my carpet cleaning heroes at Zero Res to clean up those fumble moments in your home. And lucky for you, you could save big this month. How about three rooms Zero Resified starting at just $149 and take $100 off your air duct cleaning? Call the book your appointment today at 9520res or go online to zeroresminnesota.com and don't forget to tell them neil sent you from bob fm welcome back to the four outdoorsman there's five seconds left on the game and uh i don't know i think they can pull it off I sure hope so. I don't know why Jefferson is on the sidelines. He must have got hurt, but I didn't see that. But, yeah, it's down to the wire. So um, I'm glad you're listening. If you're listening, thank you, everyone, for joining us. I'm here with Will Goble. And coming up next, we have a special guest, Trevor Slifka. Did I say that correctly, Will? Yep. All right, Trevor, are you with us, buddy? Yep, I can hear you guys. Awesome. Well, I'm here with your pal, Will. We're going to talk all about your event that you held last night. It sounds like you guys had a great time and caught a lot of fish. Um, why don't you um, – well, I'm going to let Will go ahead and ask some questions. He's going to ask a lot of questions that he already knows the answer to, but we're going to learn more about this event, okay? So, Perfect. So, Trevor, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got the event started and what it's all about? Uh, 
I'm not sure uh, how many years we've been doing this now, but it has been an annual thing. And uh, I, we started it um, in coordination with Hometown Hero Outdoors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've assisted us every year with supplying all the heroes and kind of coordinating that effort where I grew a, a, a pretty big bond with the sturgeon fishing community on the St. Croix River. And so I, just knowing everybody, they supplied all the heroes. I collaborated all the boats. Um, we were able to make it happen. Um, this year was just an odd year where we did not do it in coordination with Hometown Hero Outdoors just due to scheduling. Um, but uh, next year we'll be back with Hometown Hero Outdoors again doing it. Um, and we, I'm a combat veteran myself. I was in Afghanistan in 2012. And, uh, you know, coming back, I struggled with PTSD and kind of always was looking for an escape, you know, something to do, something to, a distraction. Um, and you know, fishing was that for me. So coming out of the military, I wanted to give that to all heroes who do struggle. And so every year we get as many boats as we can together. We do a barbecue product. Now we take to the water and, uh, take as many heroes out as we can. Well, Trevor, thank you for your service first and foremost, and thank you for spending time doing something like this helping other vets out and first responders. I believe you had some first responders too. Uh, it's not easy organizing something like this. I've been a part of a few of them and, uh, thank you for doing this and thank you for getting people out on the water because, uh, it's a familiar story and we've worked with hometown hero outdoors quite a bit promoting some of their events. It really does help. It really does form bonds with people that have been through the same situation and it just gives an outlet for people to talk and, and, uh, make friends. So thank you so much. So we, I've been a part of your uh, event here now for three years now, and how I got involved was I just saw one of your Facebook posts, and I felt obliged to volunteer as a captain. Now, what is the biggest event that you've had? And I know it was the year before I started coming, um, but how many, how many captains and how many veterans have you had out on the river at once, Trevor? I think uh, our second or third year we did it. Um, I think we had, if I remember, I think like 33 boats or 35 boats or something like that. So if you imagine, you can put anywhere from one to three uh, heroes in a boat. So at 30, I mean, we, we were sitting up there pretty high in numbers. Um, and we had like a full turnout too, where we had boats that originally like, oh, I can only take two people. Well, we were throwing a third person in them. Um, and it's, you know, as, as you guys are saying, like, it's kind of hard to, like, coordinate these events some years because, pe- I mean, life happens. Sometimes right. people back out. Um, you know, sometimes even, like, boat captains have boat issues, you know, a week before the event. And, I mean, life happens, and you have to kind of coordinate around it. Yesterday we hit kind of a stump because a few people were kind of skittish about the weather. Mm-hmm. And they backed out. Well, then I had to reorient all the heroes and put them in accordingly boats and try to even it all out. Um, and it's, yeah, it's quite the process. And even the park uh, in Bayport, uh, we have to talk to the city of Bayport every year and allow them to reserve it for us. Um, and then they, the city of Bayport actually, last few years, has been so awesome to give us parking passes. Um, the, the launch there, they've been, uh, they've been giving us access to their launch for free. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a huge collaboration of a lot of people that are making this happen. 
um, and a lot of help from HHO. We even had HHO officials here at this event, and uh, they were helping coordinate and assist everything as well. As, uh, so I can't thank them enough. This planning takes, uh, you know, all, all of the planning for this event takes place months ahead of time you know you get us captains together and you get the you get the group chats going right away and just everybody collaborating with each other so it's it's awesome and i i i thank you for everything that you do trevor i mean it's 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 huge now um how many fish do you suppose uh got caught last night you know last night we had what 16 boats on the water with 20 25 vets and uh and heroes um and yeah. Yeah. i we actually had 18 boats, actually, 18 boats. Oh, all right, even better. So we had eight, yep. 18, uh, 18 boats on the water and a bunch of heroes. Um, now I ca I saw all the pictures coming in. How many fish do you think we got? We caught last night. Shoot, I uh, I went through all the photos that were posted in the, the group chat in the last 24 hours, and uh, you know I pulled uh, pictures of some of the biggest fish from the group chat, and I just put it in a post and I think I'm sitting at about 40, 50 pictures. So, I mean, we're sitting at well over probably, I don't know, 150, 200 fish that were caught last night. Between 18 boats. <laughs> and, and that's, and that's just not everybody is posting every, every fish they catch. Like our boat, for instance, you know, my boat doesn't catch small fish. Yeah. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to my, uh, my co-captain, Justin Cortez, our boat doesn't catch small fish, so, you know, we didn't take any pictures of anything small. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, Trevor, I believe you're from southern Minnesota, correct? And so what made you fall in love with sturgeon fishing, especially dry? I mean, that's not a short drive for you to come up to the to St. Croix. So what drew, draws you to this area in fishing the river for sturgeon? Well, actually, so it's a weird story. I... I've been in catfishing uh, a majority of my life. Um, even when I was in high school and stuff, I'd always go out catfishing. Um, one weekend, uh, my a friend of mine, Nate, him, I was like, any kind of fish. Oops. Oh, we're losing you, Trevor. The whole week researching how to make it happen, how to do it. And uh, we went out on the weekend, and we were successful. We caught probably over 30 sturgeon that weekend. Wow. And, yeah, it was unreal. We were instantly hooked. And then we were going out every weekend driving up. And now I got the pontoon, and I, I camp in that thing. I'll be out for <laughs> zero gravity chairs and kick back and pass out at the late hours of the night. Like you'd think, actually, like people probably tease it, but a pontoon seems like a perfect platform for catfishing and sturgeon fishing. I mean, you have room. You have room for everything. What? Why do you like using a pontoon boat? Well, I went from a lumacraft to a pontoon, but a, a lot of times with sturgeon fishing, uh, bite detection is the biggest thing. And um, for me, you know, a pontoon is usually you know eight to ten feet wide all the way across through the whole deck. Um, and so, with that width, you have stability. So when people walk around the boat, when waves hit you. The, the rods usually stay put a lot better, and you can detect bites in the waves. Um, and not only that, you know, it's really easy with a couple people to bust out a couple of zero-gravity chairs and sleep in the front of it and have lines out the back all night. That's awesome. With the old bells, like when uh, I used to fish for bullheads with my dad, do you rock bells on them or what? Uh, I, I used to, um, but I, 
some nights it's so wavy that even the waves are, are getting your bells ringing. Sometimes <laughs> the sturgeon are so light biting that they don't even stop the bells. It, it really depends. I, I know there's a lot of people that do. Um, a lot of the friends, a lot of the captains that were in this event do run bells. Right. I just have uh, tried to stay awake, and I have a, plenty of lights on my pontoon. I'm, you can see me across the whole river. So, One of the most uh, interesting things, uh, so Will took me out last fall I, I got to remind you know how you get facebook reminders and and yep. i remember how much fun i had one of the most interesting things was catching bait and uh it, it made me think i was like in the gulf of mexico catching shrimp or something it was just cool to watch can you explain how you catch your own bait it's shad but i just thought that was just so cool that you guys can just catch bait and then go fish with it um yeah so a lot of people i mean i'd say about a vast majority of 80 to 90 percent of sturgeon fishermen are using shad for bait Mm -hmm. um and they're using they're using cast nets to get them now in the state of minnesota you have to have a tagged net to be able to use that cast net to get shad and it's a pretty short process um and then an actual dnr official will tag your net um and every year for the event uh we try to struggle with catching bait before the event Mm -hmm. so we go out the night before and I cannot thank Ray Valley, uh, Mark Curran, um, Payne, uh, Mikkel, all of them. They, they're out there every night before the event every year, and they're filling a cooler with a 1,000 shad. Wow. And they put them all and spread them all into Ziploc bags, and every boat in the event pretty much just grabs a Ziploc bag, and they're good for the evening. That's awesome. So do you, do you put like five or six of them on a hook, or what's your, what's your ideal setup to catch a sturgeon right now? Well, so at diff- I've noticed when the water's warmer, I actually use smaller baits. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll run a smaller chunk of shad, and I just take a knife and poke it a couple times. You know, they're, they're, they're fish that they use their, sens- their sensories, like their whiskers. They're yeah. always constantly smelling their way to food and tasting their way to it. So, you know, if you can pop a couple holes in your shad and get some scent in the water, it, it doesn't hurt anything. So I do that. If I have a really big shad or like a moon eye or something, yep. I'll, I'll dice that up and make it into smaller pieces. What, uh, what's your personal best sturgeon or a flathead cat, catfish? So um, in my boat, uh, this would have been probably about six years ago, I was a part of Monsters on the Croix um, right in Stillwater. During that tournament uh, in my boat, uh, we got a 78-inch sturgeon, <laughs> which at that point – was the unofficial uh, state record sturgeon for Minnesota. And, yes, and I won the tournament, and the owner of the tournament was right next to me when we caught it. And uh, the reason I say unofficial is during the process, I handed the rod off to my buddy. Well, we were told by IGFA that you cannot hand a rod off to consider it a state record. So it is an unofficial state record, but it is a 78-inch sturgeon that won me the tournament that night. And we, we took home the trophy, and it, it, was, it was a fun night. We were the underdogs that came out on top. What was the state record that you would have beat? Was it like 77 and a half or something? No, it was 72. Oh, wow, so you shattered it. Do you believe, Trevor, yeah. that, do you believe that's the same sturgeon that Darren caught? Yep. 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 There's actually, and I've actually had the privilege of seeing that fish again two years after I caught it. <laughs> Um, I was out ice fishing out there, and uh, there was an ice castle right next to us, and yeah. I heard uh, some dude was screaming, asking for help. Well, I thought somebody was hurt. So I ran up to the ice castle and walked in. Um, it was a dude and his son, and they were fishing for sturgeon their first time. Well, they were so successful that they caught that state record sturgeon, and 
they had me. They didn't know how to handle it, so I was helping them pull it through the hole. And it, this this fish has a very recognizable scar on the bottom side of its fin. And as soon as I pulled that fish through the hole, I literally was like, "You guys wouldn't believe that I caught this exact same fish two, three years ago." And I showed them a picture of me holding on to it, showed them the scar, and they're like, "Holy smokes, this is the same fish!" And wow. it didn't even grow an inch in three years. Like it's pretty topped out for its size right and i told them i was like you guys like could could maybe call this as a state record fish because detro he got it right after me and he got his officialized so he was an official state record holder for that fish um but i told the kid i was like well you guys might as well put in and see if your uh your 12 year old son can get the state record and i don't think they ever did it because nothing was ever said about it after that right so wow a lot of story behind that fish Wow. Proof that catch and release really works. Yeah, no and kidding. Handling that's a, of that's fish. such an awesome story that that was the same fish. Uh, listen, Trevor, we got two minutes, and I want to, again, thank you for holding your event. And how can people yep. support you? Is there any any way that people can be a part of this or support you or donate? Um, I'm trying to get this thing bigger and bigger every year. Um, honestly, there's going to be a cap at some point. Um, we were anywhere near the cap this year. So like next year we could double in size and I'd still feel comfortable. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, if I can get boat captains, people that are knowledgeable in fishing for sturgeon to help out, uh, product donations from random companies, Mm -hmm. uh, any fishing company, gas stations, businesses, uh, you know, everything that everybody donates to this. And I speak upon all businesses that donate. Okay. So whether it's a tax prep company, a fishing company, a tackle, a bait store, whatever, they donate, and I actually speak on behalf of them. And, you know, it, it works out for the businesses. Awesome. The heroes benefit from it. Great. How, how can they so, get a hold of you? Find me on Facebook, Trevor Slifka. Okay. Awesome. Well, we, we're coming up on a break here, so we got to let you go, but thank you so much for everything you do. Yep. and. You know what? If if I get trained, I'll come captain if you need one, okay? All right, works for me. You just got to find a vet that doesn't care if he catches anything. <laughs> 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 All right, Trevor, thank you so much, and uh, good luck, and we'll have to keep keep up with you, okay? Sounds good to me. All right. That's Trevor Slifka. Up next, we have my friend Travis Frank from The Flush, Do North Outdoors, all sorts of shows. He's the man at my office. So up next, Travis Frank. Bob FM, home of the Liberty Comfort Systems Four Wheels of Fun ATV Giveaway. Whoa! Listen every weekday morning at 7.50 for your keyword to win a 2023 Can-Am Maverick Trail side-by-side. Get the full details at mypopcountry.com. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at ClamOutdoors.com. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's almost fall, right? The fall colors are blooming all over the place, and i tell you what, it's the perfect time of the year to head to Ely, Minnesota. 
September and October still offer great open water fishing. Grouse hunting numbers are up, and Arrowhead Outdoors can help you with either one of them. Everyone knows that Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely on the east end of town is the best and biggest fishing, hunting, and camping store in the entire area. And Chris and Steve, you know as well as I do, they're two of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. Whatever you need for the outdoors, Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota has it. You stop in and tell Chris and Steve that Strewman sent you. I appreciate it. Arrowhead Outdoors. Now we're going to go to uh, Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Again, I did this last week as well. We have to congratulate Minnesota's John Hoyer. He captured the second consecutive National Walleye Tour title. And this year it was on Devil's Lake in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Why Devil's Lake? Why would they have a big fishing tournament there? Because it's obvious. Devil's Lake is home to a lot of walleyes and a lot of big walleyes. And Devil's Lake offers plenty of options when you get off the water as well. Bring your shotgun for an afternoon of cast and blast. Then spend your evening at one of the many, many fine dining restaurants in town. Devil's Lake, North Dakota. i tell you what, if it's good enough for the pros, it's good enough for you. Power Lodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can-Am, you're able to test drive them all in a head-to-head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible on four wheels. Power Lodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off-road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and more. Welcome back to the Four Outdoorsmen. Before we get into our next guest, I want to give out a shout out to Bill Katz and Katz Covers. Katz Covers is the best way to protect all your stuff when you're ice fishing. All winter, it's easy to fish out of, easy to remove. Made right here in the U.S. of A. Bill Katz is a good friend of ours, longtime friend. Thank you for joining uh, the Fort Dorsman sponsorship again this year. So, Bill, I know you're listening. Thank you so much. We'll get your spots rolling next week, and uh, we'll have to get you on the show again because you're a great guy. So thank you, Bill, and get your Cats covers now available all over the place. Just go to their website, catscovers.com, K-A-T-Z-K-O-V-E-R-Z.com. Go to Cats covers. Welcome back, everybody, to the Four Outdoorsmen. I'm here with my friend, Will Goble. We just had a great story from Trevor Slivka. He caught a 78-inch sturgeon yep. that was caught by a boy two years later, he said? Two years two later. Two years later. Yep. Incredible story. But on the line now, I have an incredible man as well. Travis Frank, are you there, buddy? I'm here. Good evening. I was just listening to your cat's covers, wondering how many cell phones and car keys have fallen down ice holes in Minnesota. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, uh, it's a lot. Strew lost his rod last year in Devil's Lake, didn't have his cat's covers, and <laughs> caught it again and brought it up the hole. So, yeah, and I, I know I, I know I've done it, but I know a lot of people that have lost cell phones down the hole. So, yeah, cat's covers is great, especially when you're sleeping in, in the house with kids, too, that are walking. I've mm-hmm. fallen through stumbling to go pee in the middle of the night. Yep. Um, all that stuff is good. So, Travis, thank you for joining us. I know that you are an incredibly busy man, and Sundays are your day with your family, so I really appreciate you spending some time with us. I just wanted to get a hold of you because Minnesota upland season starts next weekend, and mm-hmm. you are the preeminent 
Upland Hunter that I know because you are doing it all the time. Travis Frank is host of the Flush and Outdoors channel. Rooster Tales on Bally Sports North in Wisconsin and Sportsman's Channel. You're all over the place, Travis. Well, I appreciate you having me on tonight. Uh, I always enjoy the time with you guys. That's awesome. So I know that season opens up here next week, but you've already traveled the world hunting pheasants. Why don't you, <laughs> why don't you tell us about um, your latest hunting trip out west? Well, I haven't hunted pheasants yet because the pheasant season was not open. So I, we filmed a TV show up in Alberta, Canada, and from the moment I left my driveway to the moment I landed where we were going to film, it was a 32-hour adventure. We did sleep one night, but it is a haul to get up there. The reason we went up there was to film with the president of Pheasants Forever in Canada. Okay. And we were, and we were hunting for Hungarian partridge, which I, I have been very fortunate to hunt a lot of upland birds from grouse to pheasants to quail to chucker and and huns in different states around the country and around North America. But there's something really special about Hungarian partridge that puts them pretty much at the top of my favorite list. And it's because they live in some of the most beautiful places in the world. And when, when the dog finds them and the dog goes on point and you walk in there, when one wing beat goes, (laughs) they all go and it's an explosion. (laughs) And if you've never experienced it, you know, pheasant's great. They'll get up and, you know, it's a big, gaudy bird, and every once in a while a rooster will cackle. But when you have 15 to 30 birds, we had to co- we had covey sizes of 30 birds exploding in front of us, and it is just, I mean, it it's like, I, I have a hard time putting it into words, which is why I'm grateful that we have a cameraman there to, to capture it. Um, so we hunted in Alberta, and then halfway back, which was a full-day adventure to get halfway back, uh, we stopped and filmed a TV show up in North Dakota. And North Dakota right now um, is just a place to be. This, this time of the year, you've got the, the migration of waterfowl coming through. This, you know, from mid-October through mid-November, the skies are full. And right now, the upland numbers are just phenomenal. I mean, it is... It is a special place right now. Across, you know, we're talking pheasant country here and really the Midwest. The number of birds are way up pretty much across the board. And we had a harsh winter. A lot of people were nervous about what we were going to experience because would the birds make it through winter? Yeah, they did. Not all of them, but enough. And when a hen can lay 12 to 15 eggs and you have one hen putting 12 pheasants back on the ground, the numbers explode. So we lost a few hens during the winter, but we way more than made up for it with just absolutely perfect nesting conditions. And so the number of pheasants are are up in Minnesota, way up. And the number of pheasants in the Dakotas and Montana yeah. and Iowa are also up. And same goes for sharp-tailed grouse, same goes for Hungarian partridge. So it's been a great start to the season. Oh, and grouse, rough grouse season in Minnesota opened a couple weeks ago, and they had a perfect spring hatch as well. I have not heard as the, the positive reports that I've heard the last two weeks. I've not heard anything like it since I have been an upland bird hunter. Man, when I was driving to Canada fishing a month ago with my dad, I saw grouse mm-hmm. everywhere. I mean, they were all yeah. over the roads. It was just crazy. 
Yeah, I had a friend that is not from here. He's from Colorado, and he came to the Boundary Waters to fish and grouse hunt. Mm -hmm. And he sent me a text. He's like, is this what it's always like? (laughs) I was like, no. (laughs) No, it's not. He's like, I I wasn't going to shoot all these birds and then carry them everywhere I, you know, portage. So he's like, I would shoot two grouse a day even though the limit's five, um, because he's like, I wanted to eat walleye, too. And <laughs> he's like, I've never seen anything like it. And the arrowhead from, I mean, basically the northern half of Minnesota right now up into Canada is really strong grouse numbers. And everybody I've talked to has said the same thing. I've been out a couple times, and I've seen the same results as well. I mean, it's just, if, the, if you ever wanted to try upland bird hunting, like everyone talks about the good old days and yeah, it's not what it was in the forties, fifties and sixties. But like in our recent memory, awesome. this is about as good as, as we've seen this year. Uh, the only downside I will say for Minnesotans right now, there's a lot of standing crops, yeah. which means that the birds, it's a little bit more fair for the birds for a little while here, which I mean, I'm, that's okay because yeah. it's a long hunting season and they, you know, they need to escape routes too. Well, I know that harvest season is, you know, everyone's starting to harvest now, so those crops should be down soon. So that shouldn't be a problem. I, um, I wanted to talk with you because you've traveled so much, obviously for the flush and everyone thinks, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota for upland hunting. What, what would you name as one of your best sleeper states? to to go on a hunt where people don't really realize how good it is for upland hunting? I would say probably Wyoming, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe Colorado, but those two states are just really overlooked by a lot of upland bird hunters. And the reason why I like them is because you've got up to 10, 11 different species of upland birds that you can hunt out there. And then when you get in the mountains, I mean, it'll spoil you to the point that you may never want to walk into a cattail slough and try to chase a pheasant up again. <laughs> when, when you're watching a dog on the side of a mountain and right. you just stop for a second, and if you have a pointing breed like I do, that dog goes on point, and you can just for a moment pause and just take a like a, a picture in your mind at how incredible the scene is. Yeah. And then that covey rise explosion that I was telling you about, when yeah. that happens, it's just like, oh, my goodness. But... If I were to pick, like, I've, I've had a lot of people ask, like, okay, if you could just go one place, like, where would you recommend? Mm-hmm. And I I just keep going back to North Dakota right now. Yeah. Like I said, the numbers. So, like, the number of pheasants this year are up 60% from last wow, year. Wow, that's the, huge. The, yeah, the sharp-tailed grouse statewide are up 116%. What? And the, wow. Hungar- and the Hungarian partridge are up 200% this year, according to the state, which is tied for an all-time high, which... You throw you throw waterfowl in the mix too. They had a lot of snow record snowfall, so the mm-hmm. the a lot of the ponds and the sloughs got water back in them, which meant the the nesting was good for the the waterfowl too. And now you've got like I just want to take a month off and go out there myself <laughs> because yeah, the only problem is there's not enough daylight hours in the day. It's there's just a lot of birds, and if you're a bird hunter, it's hard to beat. North Dakota, and you could even throw Montana into that too. Well, my uh, my co-host Will is just grinning ear to ear because he is getting ready for his 
North Dakota waterfowl and upland hunting trip. Will, yep. when do you, when you do that? Uh, Travis, like, yeah, you, you got me grinning ear to ear right now because I'm heading out there in two weeks, and we're heading oh, out man. towards the central western part of the state, north end of, of Lake Sacagawea up there, and that's what we're going to be chasing is is the, the pheasants, the huns, the sharp tails, and hopefully a little bit of waterfowl in the mix. Oh, yeah, you're in for a treat. It's It's really... I mean, it is the, the season to do it. And one last, you know, like if I have one suggestion for you, Will, throw a rod and reel in and a paddle tail on a jig because in the fall, a lot of the walleyes will be real shallow out there. So from Lake Sakakawea, some of their other waters out there where they, you know, like the, the creeks flow from one body of water to the next, you can stand on shore and cast out and catch walleyes too. But I don't know. You're just you're not going to have enough daylight hours to do it all. That's <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Oh man, that's uh, that sounds like the ultimate heaven out there. We tried to film a show last year doing it, and we were get, we did a, we set up for waterfall in the morning, and then we hunted upland birds in the middle of the day, and then we caught walleyes in the evening. And we didn't do justice to it because when you try to do all the things, you don't really do anything really well. Um, <laughs> so we shot ducks, we got some pheasants, we got Hungarian partridge, and on my first cast, I caught a walleye. So I was like, ah, that's, that's pretty dang good. Well, what more could you ask for? That's like hitting the perfect trifecta. Yep, yep, no <laughs> doubt about it. Yeah, I was talking with Will. Like, it's just not fair. There's just too much to do right now. I mean, I know you're a deer hunter too. Are, are you into? Are, do you bow hunt as well? Um, I grew up bow hunting, and I was obsessed with it more than anything else. And I fish like yes. 200 days a year. Yes, I know that. So bow hunting <laughs> for me was just like I live for it. Um, but I will say now that I travel quite a bit, and I have a young family. Mm-hmm. Um, bow hunting requires a, generally a quite a bit of a time commitment right. and sometimes I'm able to do it and bring my kids out. But right now I have this, this beautiful little dog that she is reaching her prime and it is so fun. And now my kids are loving the bird hunting too. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to take them with my son. We were out on Friday, we went grouse hunting and it was his first grouse hunt too, where he had a gun and I put a shell in there for him that he could take a shot and let me tell you that um that was pretty amazing to (laughs) take him out there and for him to experience that i we do have mea weekend coming up so i've got my buddies i've got like five of us dads and we're all bringing two or three kids with us Mm -hmm. so we're gonna deer hunt because we have one kid that's now of age to deer hunt so we'll deer hunt we'll duck and goose hunt crane hunt we're going way up north and then we'll grouse and woodcock hunt, and we'll we'll just have what's turned out to be our absolute favorite weekend of the entire year. All the kids look forward to it. Yep. Um, whatever we harvest, we we cook together. Mm-hmm. We clean them. We cook them. You know, and you watch all these little kids, and you know, we're we're cleaning a deer that you know last year uh, my nephew was ten, so that was his first year, and he got one the first night, yep. and it was a celebration with all these kids, and then. Everyone is so curious about this animal, and we cleaned it, we scun it, we we cut it up, and then we ate it that night too. And then the next day we got ducks, and they're all looking at the ducks, and they're they're <laughs> understanding like what are they eating, you know? And you've got these young kids that are just absorbing everything, but they're a part of the whole experience. Right. We scout oh. together, 
They hunt together. A couple of them got their first ducks last year. So talk about trying to fit everything into a couple of days. Um, we, we do it all. We come home exhausted, but just our, we're, our like memories are so vivid of this time with our kids. And I'm telling everybody because if you had the opportunity to bring your kids out to do something like that, oh, don't yeah. wait until they're 12, 15, 20, right. whatever. Bring them early. We started bringing our kids up when they were four or five years old, and now they just love everything about them being in the woods, um, walking down the trail, and maybe take a four-wheeler ride, and eating the animals that we harvest. They appreciate it. And I think it's so important because someday we hope that our kids go with us, but ultimately someday this world will belong to them. And if they don't care about it, right. when they have to make decisions, if they don't know anything about it, mm-hmm. how can they care about it? Right. Very well said, Travis. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we got to let you go as we're coming up on the hour, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. We're going up MEA weekend as well with my friend and his son and my son, and we're going to try to shoot a deer. We're going to try to duck hunt and fish. It's, it's a great thing. It's a great t- tradition, especially for that weekend, to be able to do that. So uh, we're excited yep. for that as well. Um, thank you for joining us. And uh, go spend some time watching the Twins game with your family tonight, okay? Hey, go go Twins! And good luck hunting, everybody. Best time of the year. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Travis. Take care, guys. Well, that was Travis Frank. I, I just wanted to um, get through a couple shout-outs here. Thanks, everyone, for writing in. Twin Cities Wallace Unlimited said... Great meeting this past Thursday with Steve Panaz. Looking forward to speaker Tom Huyn, H-U-Y-N-H. I don't know how to say that, but one of the top walleye tournament pros, November 2nd. Um, Corey Bechtold's wife caught her personal best. Great job, Corey. Bill Katz, our friend, is at the cabin pulling in docks. And Ron Nielsen said, goose hunting with my daughter and our friends this morning. Congratulations, Ron, on a successful hunt. And bow hunting tonight, it looks like he he was. And bow hunting. Man, he's 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 a man like you, doing everything he can, yep. which you should be. So thank you, everyone, for listening to the Four Outdoorsmen. Drew will be back next week so he can tell us all about his tales. In the meantime, get outside and make some memories. <laughs>